Come on, Midlothian. Let's welcome the chapel in Richmond. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Good morning. Hey, tell the person next to you, you look good. Come on, tell them you look good. And you can be seated. Well, we are in a series called Power for Today, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in just a minute, but I always like to start by looking in the camera at the back of the room and saying good morning to the chapel in Richmond, Scott's edition, and uh, we love you guys, love what God's doing, good morning, 930, and of course to the men and women in Chesterfield County Jail and Virginia Department of Corrections, you are not a project to us, you're our people, and we love you, pray for you every day, excited about what God's doing in the jail. Aren't you excited that God's word can go outside the church right into the jail we love you pray for you every day and uh it's a really um special weekend like you heard really exciting things coming up in the next couple weeks two weeks from now at men's breakfast we're going to roll out some vision for our summer we've got a, a, a launching a serve day like we've never done before and uh and so excited about that also i don't know if anybody saw that that chapel kids worship album how many went to spotify or some streaming platform and checked that out you got to see it was like right on the apple kids page there and uh, our team incredibly talented gifted team produced our first ever chapel kids worship album so go on any of the streaming platforms just search chapel kids you'll see not only monumental god the single but the full 10 i think it's 10 song album there and i just love this i just want to brag on our team i love that you know i don't know many churches that actually do instrumentation uh live worship in their kids spaces but we are part of a church that believes in, as best we can, resourcing kids to worship Jesus at a young age. How many think that's strategic? I really think that's strategic. And I'm so grateful. In fact, I, know, I don't know if you know this, but some of our main worship leaders and worship teams that, that cycle through on the main stages, do you know they also take time to be scheduled in the kids' rooms? Come on. How cool is that? I'm just telling you, it's not like JV. It's a major part of what we do. So make sure you go check that out online huge thanks to our team and uh, also today is a really amazing historic day in the life of our church at 2 p.m today we, we normally do an 11:15 service in three locations midlothian scott's edition and chapel in espanol but for today only the the espanol service is at 2 p.m because we're doing a, a kind of a launch service uh and so i know we have some of the team here pastor Ismail, and some of the team from chapel in espanol would you all stand come on if you're from chapel in espanol would you stand Come on, love you all, love you all, love you all, love you all. And uh, thank you. Uh, they, they were so so excited. We got people flew in from Colombia and uh, to be here. And we've seen you on the missions videos. And good to see you in the flesh. And we can't wait to celebrate at 2 p.m. today. And their uh, Chaplain Espanol location. Anybody that wants to be there, I'll be there. They got music. They got some dancing. So I'll do a little dancing. Uh, but it's going to be an incredible uh, celebration together. So excited about what God's doing there. Well, we're in this series on um, the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit is God's plan to empower us to live out this thing called faith, right? 
And so I know, I know this can be a topic that scares people or makes them uncomfortable, but we always love to take a series a year and talk about the Holy Spirit because I think the church is good at talking about Jesus and good at talking about God the Father, but we're not always as good at talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he's come to do. He's just God's empowering presence to live on the inside of us, to be the husbands, wives, moms, dads, sons, daughters, worker, to empower us to live out our faith. And so so we got a couple more weeks of that and a brand new exciting series in June. But I want to look with you today at one of the scary passages. The passage I'm going to read is going to make all the Pentecostals and Charismatics excited and all the Baptists scared, okay? So if you're a Baptist, come in the aisle today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Right, uh, but um, no, we're, God's going to help us. This is an incredible passage. I, th- I want to really teach it because I think it's so often misunderstood. When the day of Pentecost, come on, say that with me, Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were, come on, were what? filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Man, when you say the word Pentecost or Pentecostal, people get really nervous, you know. Uh, Some people get really excited. Some people get really nervous. Some people picture that preacher on TV in a white suit, you know, whose wife has her hair pinned back in a bow so tight it looks like she's surprised all the time, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and, and I'm just telling you, we're not going to get weird today, but we do really believe that God has sent the power of the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us, right? And in fact, let me just help you with this word Pentecostal. You say, what does Pentecost mean? Well, let me kind of de-spookify it for us today. The word Pentecost means 50. You're like, I'm afraid of Pentecost. It means 50. You ain't afraid of 50, are you? I mean, uh, 50, 50 what? You say, Pastor, well, this is 50 days after the resurrection. So after Jesus' resurrection, 50 days later, 50, somebody say 50, is when the Holy Spirit came on them. And I, so it's just really simple things like this. That sometimes we just make a whole thing in our mind and don't, and it just means 50 days after the resurrection uh, came the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's amazing, Pentecost was actually uh, one of the feasts or festivals in the Old Testament. There were seven of them. And I'll talk just a little bit about them today because I think it'll help us understand the Holy Spirit because 50 days before this was the feast of the Passover. And the Passover is... Uh, a symbol of when God spared the people. You remember in the book of Exodus, they they um, they killed a lamb and put the blood on the doorposts, and God passed over, gave them grace. It was a picture. It was a picture of one day Jesus would come and shed His blood, so that sin didn't have any power over us. Anybody glad for that, right? And so, but but really, what Pentecost is is it's a it, it comes in um, in fulfillment of what God started in the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, I want to just show you this. When I saw this, it made me so excited. So I'm going to need you to at least pretend to be excited with me today, okay? On Mount Sinai, when Moses went up to, remember, to get the Ten Commandments, the the tablets that God gave his commands on. In that moment, the Bible says that that a loud sound and wind came. And fire came. But you remember the people set up a golden calf. And so 3,000 died that day. So I want you to picture this. On the first coming at Mount Sinai, there was a loud sound. 
fire came from heaven and 3,000 were, were killed. I want you to picture this. On the day of Pentecost, I want you to see this. There was a loud sound, wind. Fire came down on every head. But instead of 3,000 dying, 3,000 were saved. Oh, I don't need your pity. Come on, I don't need your pity. But here's the picture. I want you to catch the picture that what started in the law, because some people think, listen, I believe in the Ten Commandments. I, I'm, I get it. But how many know we couldn't perfectly keep the law? Anybody know that true? How many know there's not one of us who could perfectly keep God's standard, right? And the great news of the, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is what we couldn't keep in the Old Testament, God came to do for us in the New Testament. He said, well, you thought you could keep my law. You couldn't. You all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Each of us has turned to our own way. But the good news is God came through his son, Jesus Christ, to give us a second coming, the power of the Holy Spirit to, to, to show that Jesus has come to forgive us of our sin. How many are grateful for forgiveness of sins that comes from God's grace and not our works? Right, And that's what the Holy Spirit teaches us. Just write this down. That's all the day of Pentecost proves is that God wants a relationship with us and we can come to him. God is about relationship, and that relationship is not by our own doing. It is by God's grace. Let me just camp out and for 30 seconds say as clear as I can so I make sure we're all as a church on the same page. We do not get into a relationship with God by being good enough on our own. We do not get in a relationship with God by just fulfilling the law because the Bible says if you've broken one commandment, you've broken them all. And so what happened was that we couldn't earn our way to God. We couldn't make it up the mountain, so God came down the mountain. When we couldn't get to him by our own work, he came to us by his grace, and he sent his son Jesus to die upon a cross so that we might have a relationship with him by grace, through faith. This is not of our works. It's not of us trying hard enough, being good enough, being, being, uh, getting all the things right. How many know we have a relationship with God, not because we're good, but because he's good, right? We serve God, not for acceptance, but from acceptance. We serve God, not for victory, but from victory. We serve God, not for relationship, but from relationship because Jesus Christ died upon a cross. He offers us a relationship with God that comes by grace. How many are grateful it's not by our works, right? And that's important because a lot of people are thinking, well, the way I get to God is, no, it's all about relationship. And that was through Jesus. In fact, in this same chapter, it says, you, this is this coming of the Holy Spirit. It was, it's what the Bible said in the Old Testament. In the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Look how relational this is on your sons and your daughters, on your young men and your old men. So, so if you're young here today, where's the young people? Give me a shout out. Come on, right? God wants to pour out his spirit on you. If you're old here, no, I'm not going to do that. Come on. How, how many know God's got a plan for the young and the old? Come on, right? God's got a plan for the sons and the daughters. And it's a picture of relationship. And that's what the day of Pentecost is. I just want you to see it. It's really a fulfillment of what couldn't be done through our own efforts to keep the law. Jesus did by his grace and mercy. By his grace and mercy. In fact, I love this quote that describes to us the kind of relationship God invites us up into. The only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. <laughs> we have that kind of access. Aren't you grateful we have that kind of access? Now today is my daughter's birthday. And tomorrow she graduates from high school. And uh, 
So this is a busy weekend, and, and I should be more help than I am around the house. But uh, Katie's done everything, and she she did all. We got family coming in from out of town, and big plans tonight and tomorrow. And and uh, so she made. She decided to make um, like she she made forty chocolate covered strawberries and put them in the fridge. And uh, some of you know where this is going. And. She went to bed about 10 o'clock last night, and our son got home from work about 10.15. And he hadn't eaten dinner, and so he just thought, this is normal to have trays. How many know boys don't, don't think, come on, uh, trays? So he, the, guess what he did? Come on, somebody. He ate like 16. Who can even do that? She, she opened the fridge this morning, and I'm telling you, you want to talk about my Mount Sinai wrath of God. She said to me, you're so calm. I said, because I didn't do it. Somebody's about to die, but it ain't me. <laughs> I'm telling you, anybody else would have been kicked out of the family except our son. And he's still on the line. But you know, the Bible describes to us, Keller says that like there's something about a familial relationship with God. There's something about a personal connection. That, here's what Pentecost declared, that God wanted a personal relationship with us. And what we couldn't do in being good enough to God, he did, good, he did for us in his grace. In fact, maybe just write this down. It's so good. If you were a hundred times worse than you are, your sins would be no match for his mercy. In fact, let me just say one thing. I'll push on a little. Some people say, well, God has forgiven me, but I haven't forgiven myself. Well, let me just ask you this question. Who are you to not forgive you if God has? Because that would make you more offended than God. And I could, I could camp out here for a while. But I'm not going to be mean. I'm just saying, if God shed his blood to take away our sins, then we can walk in freedom and joy and security and identity and relationship this weekend, right? And that's what the Holy Spirit is. That's what the day of Pentecost is. That's what being Pentecost, what does being Pentecost mean? It means, it means somebody who has a relationship with God based on the grace of God, right? And that's what, the whole, that's what the whole thing that happened on that day. It was this feast day, this day of Pentecost that God came. And this feast in the Old Testament, Pentecost, was actually a harvest feast, okay? The day of Pentecost commemorated the time of year where the people celebrated harvest. Now, we know about harvest, but we don't live harvest the way they did in the Old Testament, I mean, in the Old Testament, if, it, if at harvest time your crops didn't grow enough, you starved, you know. I don't know anybody who's like, well, you know what, my cucumbers, they didn't come in, so we might not make it, you know. But in that day, you, your, your entire wealth, your entire security, the strength and the future of your family was connected to harvest. So at, at the, the Feast of Pentecost, they would celebrate the harvest of God. And that's the second reason the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost is because it shows us that God is into harvest. Did you know that throughout the Bible? God is into harvest. Meaning, meaning God wants not only to reach us, but Jesus spoke of a harvest of souls. God wants us to reach other people. How many believe God wants us to reach other people, right? In fact, maybe you could just put it down this way. God wants relationship, and we can partner with him to reach other people. We can partner with him to reach other people. I love that we're a part of a church that is a church that, uh, that reaches people. 
And, and I love that that's why the Holy Spirit came, not to just make worship better or give us goosebumps or make us feel good. But the Bible says that we will be his, when the Holy Spirit comes on us, Acts 1a, we will be his witnesses. Meaning we'll be people who tell the story of God and the grace of God and the kindness of God and the salvation of God to a world around us. Uh, I don't think you'd mind if I said I was talking to a guy on the phone from our church uh, just yesterday. And he said, Pastor, I'm so excited. I want to get baptized. How do I do that? So I sent him to the website. You can go right under next steps and it's got a baptism. I said, click on the date that works for you. And and so he's, he called me back a few minutes later and said, um, the June baptism date says it's full, you know. And so I checked in on our team and I said, what, what? And they said, well, there's like 20 baptisms in that service. How many do you want? Like we, we capped it because we didn't know if people would stand there forever. And I said, well, we're going to let them in the one more, you know, just let them in. And I hung up the phone and I thought to myself, man, I love pastor in the chapel. Come on, somebody. How, how good a problem is this? Uh, how many? How long do can people stand, you know? Like, how, how, aren't you grateful to be a part of a church that's still reaching people? Come on, still giving the gospel of Jesus and the hope of God and the light of the world. Do you know the gospel is growing around the world in America? It's plateaued. I'm telling you, there's work to do like never before in our city. I'm telling you, there's work to do in our community. This is not, in, in a lot of ways, people are saying this is a post-Christian America. But I'm believing that God is stirring something new in our city. He's going to reach our community. He's going to reach our city, our county, this region for the glory of God, right? Because Pentecost is the de- declaration that God loves harvest. Jesus said the harvest is white and ready, but I'm just looking for laborers that jump in and connect to the harvest of God. I just want to say, I'm so proud. Last week, it was so amazing. We have growth track every month, and I'm, I'm kind of, this is a side note, but the team always asks, should we have growth track on big holidays? Like, who's going to come to growth track during Mother's Day Sunday lunch? Come on. Like, Mom, would you like to go to growth track with me, you know, for Mother's Day? I'm just telling you, we had a full growth track last week of people signing up to join the team, to join all that God's doing. I can't wait. In fact, you'll hear in the next couple months us rolling out um, something brand new as a church where we'll need as many people hands on deck as we've ever had before. Because catch this, chapel, the harvest is ready, and God's just looking for people who want to participate in reaching other people, right? And that's what we're all about, okay? So here's what happened then on this day. The Bible says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? To speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, if you want to hear a more detailed teaching on the Holy Spirit, we do this thing in our church called Freedom Groups. Somebody say Freedom Groups. All right. In fact, if you've taken freedom, give me a shout out so I can have an idea. Okay, so that gives you a feel. And uh, at the end of our freedom semester, we do a conference. And at the end of the conference, we do a whole like 30-minute teaching all all on this stuff right here. What is is tongues? What is the Holy Spirit? What is that all about? And this is where a few people are like, honey, grab your purse. We're going home, you know. But here's the picture that happens on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit comes on these people, God gave them a language that they did not know previous. In fact, look what the Bible says. We hear these people declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. Meaning that God gave them a supernatural language. And uh, this is why I think God in Acts 2 gave the Holy Spirit 
in speech. Because I think he took the, the area of our life that we sin the most with and filled it with his Holy Spirit. <laughs> Can we confess we sin the most with our big yapper? In fact, James 3, as you could read it when you get home, does a whole probably 11 verses on how even though the tongue is a small part of our body, it causes big problems, you know. It says just like a big forest fire is started by a little spark, so your little tongue causes a lot of problems, right? In fact, he calls it a restless evil full of deadly poison. Think of that. He's like, think of your tongue. It's like a scorpion. But here's the amazing thing. When God, the Holy Spirit, comes on, he takes the most broken part of our life. and he, Or I guess you could say this is what I love about the Holy Spirit, that God wants the broken places and he can make them blessed. How many believe that's true in our life? That God can take the broken places of our life and make them blessed. Man, I believe that. And I'm telling you, this is what is so important in our lives to understand that when God, the Holy Spirit comes on us, he comes on us to change us. In fact, we don't have time to look at it. But if you read on in Acts chapter two, after this amazing moment, Peter, the apostle stands up and he preaches. And this is remember just this is just days, weeks after he denied Jesus, (laughs) this denying, fearful man who three times denied Jesus is now standing up on the day the church starts preaching and 3,000 people are coming to faith in Jesus. What happened to Peter that made him from a shrinking, fearful, um, uh, uh, anemic follower of Jesus to being strong? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe the same is available to you and I. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, he empowers us to live beyond our difficulties, beyond our weaknesses, beyond our challenges, beyond our limitations. How many could use some Holy Spirit to overcome your imperfections, right? You say, no, 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 pastor, we're the 930 service, 1115. They slept all morning. We're the, we're the loyal, faithful, you know what I mean? Just turn to the person next to you and tell them you need the Holy Spirit. Come on, just tell them that you need the Holy Spirit. But you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't make us arrogant it makes us humble in fact we don't have time to look at it but in first corinthians 12 13 and 14 is the longest passage in the new testament on spiritual gifts and the church in corinth corinthians they were arrogant they allowed their spiritual gifts rather than to create humility to create arrogance and they said well i'm i've got the holy spirit here's my gift here's my talent and so paul writes first corinthians 13 we read it at weddings and that's fine but it was designed to correct people who thought they were all that uh they they were kind of flexing on one another as the kids would say come on you know what that means flexing you know what i mean like And Paul said, no, 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 if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a a noisy gong, clanging cymbal. If I give my body to be burned completely as a martyr, I die for my faith, but have not love. If I give everything I have to the poor, but I don't do it out of love, it profits me nothing. How many know the Holy Spirit shouldn't make us arrogant and better than other people? The Holy Spirit should create humility in our life, right? Right? 
In fact, the believer that says, no, 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 I've got the Holy Spirit. I'm all that. I'm better than you. No, no, no. That's an exact opposite of what the Holy Spirit's come to do. And the Holy Spirit has not come to make us act like we're better. Or you could put it this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. And, and I need the Holy Spirit, right? How many need the Holy Spirit, right? Like, I need the Holy Spirit to live what God's called me to do and who God's called me to be. And that's what, that's what we're trying to learn here, that the Holy Spirit comes on the people and fills them. And God says, I'm going to take the area of your life that's most out of control, and I'm going to fill it with the power of God. And I think God, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps keep us under control. He helps us be influenced. The Bible says, Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is... And he lists them, love, joy, peace, patience. And by the way, he doesn't list them as you get to pick them. In fact, many people call it the fruits of the Spirit, which is not correct. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So I've heard people say, well, I like the love, joy, peace part. Not into the patience. Let's move on to the next one. You know, self-control, nah. You know, how many know God's come to let his fruit grow in our life, Right. And I love that picture of the Holy Spirit coming on us and amazed and filling us. And so I want you to see the people's response. The Bible says, amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Okay. So I want you to see this. There's two groups of people here. Okay. There's some who were, help me out, they were what? They were amazed and perplexed. So they're like, whoa, wow, what is this? That's one attitude, but how many know, look at the second attitude. Some, however, what? Critical, cynical, mocking, mocking the thing. I think, I think this is true. Just write it down. I really believe this, that our, our attitude towards the presence of God determines its measure in our lives. And I am convinced that we live in a world that is cynical and critical, in fact, I'm just going to be honest with you. One of my spiritual gifts, okay, is, is sarcasm. In fact, I used to turn to 1 Kings 18 when Elijah made fun of the prophets of Baal. And I was like, see, he's making fun of them and God's using it. And God's given me this sarcasm to use it for his glory. And I had a mentor say to me, you better stop being sarcastic. People don't need that. I'm, I'm just telling you, this is, so when I say don't be this way, I, I'm like, my, my, I, I got a word on my tongue and I think, mm, don't do that. Mm, don't say that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got to tell you, when the chocolate covered uh, strawberry thing happened this morning, I was thinking some things and I said, Lord, I surrender my mouth to you right now. Like, I don't even understand why she bought this many strawberries. She didn't come to this service. So I, I don't understand. She's coming back at 11.15. So if we could keep that between us, that'd be great. I'm just telling you, we live, how many know we live in a critical world? Do you know that? We live in a cynical world. And just write this down. I think it's absolutely true. A critical and cynical spirit is not a sign of a spirit-filled life. When I'm critical of everybody else, I've lost sight of how much I need the grace of God, right? <laughs> There's an old song that we used to sing in church. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer, right? And, and, and then it has, it's, a whole, it's got a whole thing. Not my mother, not my father. Does anybody know it? Okay, 11 of us. Uh, here's what I'm saying. A critical spirit says, I have it all together. They don't. 
A cynical spirit says, I know best. They don't. I, catch my heart as a pastor. I'm, it grieves my heart when I watch people learn more of God's word but become more critical and cynical because of it. They become hardened. You ever met these people? They know it all. They're the natural. They got the whole world. They figured it out, right? And they still live in their mom's basement. You know what I mean? Like, see, there goes the sarcasm. Yeah. And I'm just telling you, there's two groups of people. Some are, I want to be in the amazed. I want to be a part of the amazed church, okay? I want to be a part of the, I want to be a part of the church that says, I can't believe how beautiful the weather is today and that God let the sun come up. It's a good day. I can't believe the grace of God. I can't believe we get to worship in freedom. I can't believe the amazing team that leads us in worship. I can't believe that, I can't believe that in some countries they have to huddle in basements for hours and stay quiet, but we can worship and turn it up a little louder. You know what I mean? I, I want to be a part of a group that's amazed that Jesus saved me and called me and set me in this but I want to be a part of a group that's still amazed at what God has done right like like not cynical not because I'm telling you the thing God can't do is get past a critical spirit in fact we don't have time to look at it but there are two times in scripture Jesus was amazed once is at the great faith of the centurion uh, servant and the other is at the lack of faith in other people and the Bible actually says in Mark that he could do no miracles there or not many actually it says he could do not many miracles there because of their attitude how many know God can do everything but he cannot work with a bad attitude in fact, Paul says, this is why God let a whole generation die in the wilderness. So be encouraged. <laughs> I, but I want to be a part of a sweet church with a sweet spirit and a, and a, and a heart that's just amazed. at the. I'm amazed today at the grace of God. This past week, we had the privilege of Katie and I going back to New York for two days. And our mentor, pastor, um, he retired after years of serving as a leader in church, churches and 20 years in that position. And we, uh, the big celebration, it was a whole network of churches at the church that we used to pastor in New York. And we just, I was amazed in a brand new way. It brought me down memory lane, you know. I was amazed at so many things. I was amazed that God ever let me be a pastor. Do you know this, this church at 26 years old voted me in to be a pastor? And I thought, these are the craziest people I've ever heard of. And I was just amazed at the grace of God. Katie loves lilacs. And she said, look at these lilacs. We pulled over on the side of the road, clipped them right out of the neighbor's yard. I don't even know who. Somebody in New York. We don't live there anymore. So I thought it'd be fine. And I got to tell you something, just the smell. She kept saying, do you like the smell? And I didn't really care. I was like, sure. you know. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I do like the smell. I do like the smell of lilac. So I, have, I mean, I'm just... I'm learning new things today. I, I'm manly enough to admit I like the smell of lilacs. I'm just telling you, it's maintaining an amazed spirit, a sweet spirit, a hope-filled spirit. Let me just show you one more verse, and then we're going to pray together today. We want to end in a special way. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. So this is in Acts 2. They are all there to worship in Jerusalem from all over, and they spoke different languages. But what amazed them was each of them heard them speaking in their own language. So God had given these people supernatural languages that they could then understand. 
There's a whole teaching on this, but long story short, in Genesis 11, when there was one language, the people were building this tower out of pride, in a tower in Babel. And in pride, God, you can read it when you get home, Genesis 11, God scattered their languages as a way of breaking up their plan to, in arrogance, build their own monument. What's interesting to me is God knocks down human pride, but when he unites his church in the book of Acts, he gives them a language that unifies them again, which is a language of the spirit. How many know, how many know uh, pride has come to divide, God has come to unite? And all of a sudden, the miracle of God, them speaking in their own language. And today is a really special day for our church because we are launching publicly uh, for the first time in our history a, a Spanish-speaking location. And I want to just tell you a one-minute summary of this story. Because uh, what God's doing in launching Chapel Espanol is not the plan of a human being. It was the plan of God, Okay. So we didn't have any, I didn't write it on a whiteboard a few years ago. This would be cool. In fact, some pastor said, how do you have a Spanish-speaking campus? I said, I don't know. Because I wasn't asking that question. We just live in life. And an incredible couple, Pastor Ismael and Sandra, that have been attending the chapel with their family, came and began to share their ministry and their ministry experience in Colombia. And they had this Bible study and ministry, God's hand on their life and their daughter and I remember the first time I met you guys, I left and I went home and I said to Katie, this is a crazy idea, but um, what if we had chapel in Espanol? And she said, what do you know about Espanol? <laughs> I said, I don't know anything about Espanol. She said, that sounds like, I said, no, okay, but I feel like, I'm just saying, I met I talked to this couple today, and I felt like God's anointing on their life. So I'm just saying, who knows? And the next time I met with them, so I made it up my mind I wouldn't bring it up. Because, I don't know, I don't want to bring it up. And then we were sitting with Pastor Espanol and Sandra, and Sandra actually said, do you mean chapel in Espanol? What if we did chapel in Espanol or something like that? And I looked at Katie, and I said, <laughs> I'm just saying and it started this just like trying to figure out what God's doing and trying to make space for it. And God opened up facility through a member of our church and, and, and amazing things God's doing. And, and I'm so honored. I'm telling you, this is not because of a strategic plan. This is because of the calling on your lives, that God had a calling on your lives and brought you into this family. And all we're doing is stewarding the gifts of God on their life. That's all we're doing is helping steer that. And you all so generously helped us make this thing happen through Christmas mission. And I just wanted today, at 2 o'clock, we're going to launch the service and have a big service together. And I can't wait for that. But I, I want to involve our whole church in praying over this today. Is that okay? involve our whole church. I'm going to ask Pastor uh, Ismail and Sandra if they would come up to the stage today. And can we just thank God for them today? Can we thank God for them today? Thank God for you. I thank God for you. Thank God for you. And I think some of their team is here. We got some of our prayer team. In the book of Acts, they often laid hands on, on sent ones and sent them into ministry. And that's what we're doing today. We're sending them to a part of our community that speaks Spanish. And, and God called, God equipped. I mean, they, they can do everything. They're smart, gifted. They can sing, preach, lead. I'm almost 
mad about it. But you know, like uh, so much, so much of God's hand is on this, on this thing that's only been a few months old together, but yet it feels already more than that. And we got some friends uh, who came. Raise your hand if you came from over from Colombia. Come on, where are the people from Colombia? Come on, you need to come up here. Can we come up here? Come on up here. I mean, flew here. Come on, somebody flew here. Come on, somebody flew here for today. Oh, we honor that today, don't we? We honor that today. And Gabby, who's just become part of our team in a, in a way we love her and thank God for her. And, and uh, we got, it's a great group up here. And uh, can we stand together, Scott's Edition, and in the lobby and in this room? And uh, I know we maybe all can't get on the stage here, but there's something about maybe just pointing a hand this way. If you're comfortable, would you just point a hand this way? I want us to pray one prayer in Spanish and one in English. Come on, right around here. And we're just going to trust the Lord. To, to speak. Come on. Can we lift our voices together in prayer? Come on, for just a second. God, we lift our voices over this church, God, over what you want to do. Padre del cielo, you. te damos gracias, Señor, por yeah. la vida de esta familia, Dios, por la vida de Ismael, por la vida de Sandra, la vida de Gaby, Señor, la vida de Sami. Yeah. Señor, tú los has puesto, Dios, en este ministerio hermoso, Dios. Y hoy, como iglesia, como hermanos, los bendecimos, Señor. Yes, Padre, decretamos en el nombre de Jesús. Que esta ciudad, Señor, es tuya, Señor. Padre, decretamos en el nombre de Jesús que Chapel y Chapel en español, Dios, impactarán, Dios, las vidas de esta ciudad, Señor, en el nombre de Jesús. Padre, haznos testigos, Señor, de este ministerio, en el nombre poderoso de Jesús. Amén y amén. Amén, amén, yeah. Come on, Pastor Joel, let's cry out to God. Come on, we give God praise. Let's pray right now. If you want to lift your voice, let's just begin to pray now over all that God's going to do right now, all that he's already done. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Father. You've began a good work, and Father, we know you're going to bring it into completion. We pray for today, Lord, at 2 o'clock, God, that many people would come to know you, Jesus, for the very first time, God, that your presence and your spirit and your power and your authority would work through Pastor Ishmael and Sandra and the entire team. God, we give you praise and thanks, for we know that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, but God, you have sent us the workers, God. We thank you for the people that are come to know you God the people are going to come to find freedom Lord that are going to discover their calling because of chapel in Espanol God we thank you for a church that gets behind Lord God a commissioning like this Father and we recognize and know God that you are in this so God like it says in Zechariah Father we rejoice to see the work begin God we rejoice with you come on can we give him praise right now God we thank you Lord God that we can partner Father with all that you've done Jesus and all that's yet to come in your name we pray amen 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 come on Give God praise.